When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Hello and welcome to the Scoutcast. My name is Joe. My name is Karam. My name is Praz. Welcome Karam and Praz and thanks for joining us amid a flurry of babies for the rest of the Scoutcasters. Um, so fresh from Seb becoming a dad last month, Somerset resident Andy has become a dad again. And in re- unrelated news, nine months ago, Yeovil beat Torquay to nil. So um, yeah, unrelated news that one. Um, so uh, Karam, welcome back. Scoutcast regular. Uh, now back again which is great thanks for filling in and Praz straight from the meet the manager um, episode this week which went down very well um, in which you revealed your wild card you're back again so we're going to discuss more about your wild card so um, thanks for stepping in um, yeah I'm just this we're going to get game week seven out of the way quickly me and Praz will be wanting to get this quickly Karam might want to linger a little bit because he's done quite well. As you can see by the um, arrows, the colour of the arrows and our ranks at the moment, Karam's doing rather well and me and Praz aren't. Um, so, um, well, we, we're, we're doing less well. We're still doing okay. Um, so, Karam, I'll put your team up on the screen. Uh, this is your game week seven, if you, everyone can remember back there. Final points were 50 um, so do you want to sort of go through your team quickly? Who, who, are, your, who are your heroes and villains? Yeah, for sure. Um, yeah, I think um, you know, this, this game week was really about Vardy. Uh, the captaincy has, mm. has failed. I think for the second time of the season, I did my captaincy blank. And both cases was from Ronaldo last game week, yeah. and the one that has gone. Um my vice captain was actually Vardy, uh, as you can see in the screen. And with the flying rumors a few minutes before the deadline, I, I had the temptation to take it off and put it on Vardy. And safe to say, I never considered the, uh, Salah for, for the captaincy against Man City. Um, but I just decided not to do anything because uh, the news were not concrete enough to, to make that change. And I kind of half regret it, but nice to have it. Um, I think Vardy for the last couple of games was my best transfer mm. of the season so far. Oh, of, uh, of many nine... seasons, surely, because everyone's been <laughs> yeah. ignoring him. Now, what is this? We 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 mentioned that you on a couple of episodes ago that you got it in. You put some tweet up saying, "If I get three hundred likes, I'll get Vardy in." Is that true? Were you not going to get him in unless you got this? I think, I think, I think getting Vardy was really coincidence. Uh, when I wildcard in game with four, I started with Calvert Lewin. 
in which he turned out to be injured. I moved to Bamford, who got an assist against Newcastle, and then injured. And I had three million in the bank and have no idea what to do with it. So I just posted on Twitter, you know, guys, give me 200 likes and I'll, I'll get Vardy yeah. uh, for a hit. Because I, I remember I used that transfer on uh, Gray to Norwich, I think. Uh, that was my free transfer. And I had to take a hit just because I want to feel a strong 11. Mm. And I got something like ridiculous 900 likes instead. And I said, you know, I'm committing. Here you go. <laughs> and thanks to those 900 people, I'm, I'm getting 19 points uh, ahead of the curve. Um, in which we, will, we might touch on Vardy uh, this episode. Um, yeah. And that's the story continues. I like the next pictures um, for him and hopefully for more. And still... Um, People aren't getting him in on their wild cards. Um, no, no one gets him. He's not a good pick, guys. No. <laughs> no. Yeah, you don't want everyone to get him because then it will become valueless for you. But what a, what a differential. Um, so, uh, Praz, let's have a look at your team. Um, so you're wildcarding away from this. So who um, who from this? So you got 38, but it was actually 34 because you took a hit. Um, yeah. So, so who, who sort of roughly... You're desperate to get rid of, and <laughs> who's staying? Definitely. Look, I mean, I, you know, I was always looking for game week eight as the as the you know segue to wildcard. Mm. Uh, as it happened, there were lots of injuries. You know, I was the same the the DCL to Bamford. You yeah. know, basically running into injuries one after the other. Unlike Karam, though, I went for a hit. I got in Lukaku, who mm. I thought was the best captain candidate. Uh, I got uh, get rid of Jota, who I had for three weeks, did nothing. Uh, got in Rafinha. He did nothing, and I got Christensen, who I thought would play, uh, because um, Thiago had played over the weekend, or sorry, the midweek. None of them worked out. Mm. It was one of those weeks, yeah. and I've gone from about 80k uh, to wherever I am, 360k in two weeks. But what that means is there is a very narrow gap between those ranks, because if I can come down, if I can have two good weeks, I'll be back up there. Yeah, it's, I mean, a similar position to me, except I've played my wild card. So, uh, but the same thing. Last couple of weeks, um, it's just that combination of bad luck and um, certain decisions. There was a couple of decisions on my wild card. So, for example, I took a punt on Traore, um, and that didn't work out. Um, but and also the captaincy, not going for Salah, which we, I'm sure we'll talk about. Why? Why don't we just captain him every week? But yeah, similar things. Um, and uh, so I'll put my team out. I don't want to linger too long on this. So I got 32 points. So uh, just two points less. But yeah, as you said, there's about 30 or 40 points between us and the top 20K or so. Um, so um, hopefully there. So I got Cancelo in for Williams. So Williams, I just didn't want <laughs> from Norwich. And I had enough money to upgrade him to Cancelo. I also had that in mind that Man City's good run so it was a sort of yes they've got Liverpool but I'm getting him in for the long term it's it's a good transfer to make so I'm pleased with that transfer even though he got me zero um Salah obviously I should have captained um I was out on the Saturday morning I didn't hear any of the rumours about Ronaldo not starting um if I had I would have been tempted to move the captaincy off I possibly would have been tempted to get Lukaku in I don't know because I wasn't in that position um, so I didn't know that. So Ronaldo not starting was just not on my radar. <laughs> so he was he was my captain. Um, so I'm I'm actually despite the look of my team, I'm actually quite happy with it going forward because I've got a Chelsea defender, a City defender, Alexander Arnold who has been removed from some teams, 
Um, Salah, I'm happy with. Um, Ronaldo, I'm very happy with against Leicester. Armstrong, I got in for his Southampton's great run. And Antonio keeping. So it's only really Jota, Greenwood, Saar. So it's that block there, midfielders. But plenty, I'm sure you'll better advise me, but there's plenty of options to replace them with. Um, If I choose to this week, which I probably won't, unless Jota's definitely out, but it'll probably be next week. Um, They will go. Um, So uh, we're not going to do a rough with the smooth because it's so long ago and we've dwelt on game week seven enough. We want to um, look forward to game week eight and beyond. Luckily, Praz um, is wildcarding, so we can get some updates on that. Um, And uh, Karen, what what else is, is happening in the show tonight? Yeah, for sure. So we had a quick roundup to the game week, as we uh, just uh, spoke about. Mm. Uh, we will mention strikers. Um, there we different. We've been in a template for the first few game weeks. And is it time to move the template a little bit? Um, are Ronaldo and uh, Lukaku necessary anymore, perhaps? Uh, Man City, uh, for the good run of the fixture, started with their annual customary 5-0 win against mm-hmm. Burnley, perhaps. Um, so, <laughs> who to target, who to get, and who actually starts for this game week? Uh, we will try to make sense of things for, for the next uh, couple of games for Man City. Press has prepared for us uh, the wildcard. Um, we will chat about uh, risk options, how many of them can we get on a wild card, and some analogy behind that, which is brilliant from him. From him. He uh, prepared that for us. Uh, next four fixtures, of course, who have the best, who have the worst fixtures going forward. And some community team uh, latest differentials and our team reveals, including Praz, wildcard to draft and Alex team as well yeah. along the way. Yes, so, yes, definitely. Go. Thanks a lot for that. Um, just before we move on to the first topic, which is those strikers. So we want to see if we can get some different strikers going around people's heads. So, you know, seeing as you, you got Vardy in already, Karen, I'm sure there's some others as well to consider. Um, just want to say hello to um, those early birds that have joined us in the chat. Um, nearly 300 of you so far. I think we're competing with some internationals tonight, England, etc., etc. Uh, someone was posting a Ronaldo's just scored two uh tonight already i know it's only luxembourg but then again it's only leicester at the weekend so good news um hello to pepe nacho ben allen um ali eddie uh fbl thinker roger al uh Karim, you're here hang on a minute Oh, you're there? You're Hello. there? Oh. Okay. <laughs> yeah, so, you, wow, you're multitasking. Um, you're answering people in the chat. <laughs> Great. Uh, Mark O'Leary. Hiya, Mark. Um, Jonathan, Chris, um, John, uh, Felanio, and um, and more and more and more. I can't read out all your names. Jack Brokenshire. Um, yeah, lots and lots of you. Thanks so much for that. But only 30 likes. So only one in 10 of you has pressed the like button. So, if you do like us, do press the like button. If you hate us, press the like button. It doesn't matter. Even if you're just mildly indifferent to us, just keep pressing the like button. Um, so uh, I do appreciate that. It does something to do with algorithms and YouTube and I don't know. I'm too old for that kind of thing. Um, let's move on to strikers. Here's Ronaldo, fresh from his alleged two goals against Luxembourg already tonight. Um, so... I put a picture of him up because a lot of people are thinking of getting rid of him either on their wildcard this week. Um, uh, certainly, I am in game week nine looking to remove him for Lukaku. Um, but there's plenty of other options to consider. Um, and especially for those who are wildcarding, 
they can freshen up all of their front line as well. Um, Vardy's form, um, array of strong options in the 7 to 8 million category. Great options around the 6 million mark. Um, lots and lots to consider. So there's, I'm going to read out some community questions and hopefully we'll, we'll better answer them. We'll throw up some stats and, and see where we are with them. Um, so Dino says, is it worth keeping hold of Antonio? Yes. <laughs> uh, surely he's one of the best FPL assets of the game. Will you just answer your question, Dino? Uh, yes. Um, but uh, we'll, we'll come to that in a minute. Dash Adam Armstrong, bring him in or not? Um, I, put, I put here the fertile Andy. That's actually Andy, the scout caster Andy, who's obviously fertile. Um, asks if perma captaining Salah is a good idea, in which case are Ronaldo or Lukaku necessary? Uh, Wacker, could Sam Maximum go off over the next few weeks? Um, probably alluding to the, the uh, his team's new owners and wanting to impress. Uh, Rumour Mill, uh, he's on a wild card. Is Huang at Wolves an option? And Red Lightning, is Ronaldo worth holding for one more week? Um, so lots to discuss there. Um, let's go Let's go to you first, Praz. We'll, we'll talk about your wild cards team in a bit, but you can give us a sneak you know preview of who who's in your thoughts as your three strikers that you think are the best ones to get you know for the for the next few game weeks uh, look i think um, lukaku goes without saying and and i know we'll we'll we we'll debate that if that is really the the meta thinking but i think the popular view is that lukaku is a premium spot mm. he has great fixtures um and you know he's nailed on for the chelsea attack so I think he's he's one that I have in my thoughts. Uh, the second one is a mid-priced attack spot, which is basically Antonio's for the moment. And I know there was a question on this, but honestly, like you said, you know, he's posting premium numbers when he's fit. Um, you know, we're blessed to have a number yeah. of options at that price point. Until he's fit, keep Antonio. Yeah. Then you drop down uh, to whoever you want. Watkins, a little bit yeah. up to DCL Bamford. So that's the other. Uh, and then in the... Uh, you know the budget attack yeah. category. Uh, you have Tony, you have Armstrong, and Huang. So you could, at least in my thought process, I'm trying to keep these three price points. Mm-hmm. You could equally look at, yeah. uh, you know, for a week Ronaldo makes sense uh, in the mid price. Uh, I'll talk about a differential, um, uh, you know, from Aston Villa who, who who looks good. But at least for now, uh, in my draft, I have Lukaku, um, Antonio, and uh, Tony. Yeah. Um. So. Um, I've seen some people with uh, like a three-five-two, just two strikers, and they've got like um, you know one of the Aston Villa, you know Archer or Davis or one of those people, those four-point-five. So it's essentially sort of a wasted place, really. But do you think there's there's value um, in in having those three strikers and and those price points that you mentioned that you know you think it's important because there's so many options? I do. Um... I mean, first first to answer the question on not having a third striker. I mean, to be honest, I'm struggling with midfielders. I don't know who the third, fourth, fifth midfielder mm. is. I mean, we're now, you know, it used to be Saar. Um, we don't know if Rafinha is fit next week. So apart from Salah, who's your go-to midfielder? People are going to Sun. But, you know, but we know there are lots of good options in attack. So I think, you know, for me, a three striker yeah. setup is the one that works best. Okay. Karim, are you, are, you, are you on three strikers? And if so, who? Yeah, I uh, agree on the three strikers, strikers approach. I'm currently set with 
Ronaldo slash Lukaku because I made the transfer early uh, yeah. in the international break. I've, I have still Antonio and I have Vardy, which looks a bit more expensive to yeah. the template who go for like a six or seven million. But actually, until now, I'm not struggling with the midfielders I have. I think last few game weeks we've been sort of blessed mm. with the budget midfielders returning. Um, in my case, I've had uh, Gray, who got something against Norwich, Saar, Rafinha as well, who delivered. So I'm not in in a situation where I really need to go down in in the third spot no. attacker and upgrade the midfielder. Until this moment in time, I'm still doing all right with, yeah. with, with this well, I mean, look, I mean, you're, you're, you're top 50k with with going for for these these cheaper midfielders and investing more up front um so so clearly it's been working but do you think it will the next few game weeks i mean can everton maintain it their fixtures stiffen a little and and then you've got the likes of kdb son and you know you, rashford coming back i see you know in a few game weeks time yeah it, it will be tricky i think rafinha is the the one that is likely to keep up his uh, his pace with the points. Yeah. Um, the other ones are really the ones who will not sustain the returns, but yeah. they are perfect for jumping on and off. The ones who started with Ben Rahma and they moved on to Saar, for example, are maximizing on that yeah. on that sort of price point. Mm-hmm. I don't think that having it great for ten games would be at the end the best way to go, but going around from Gray to somebody else like Torres, for example, or someone else in that price range would be the best way to maximize the points. Okay. It's basically the swap in your team and yeah. having Salah, Lukaku, slash Ronaldo, slash Vardy are the permanent ones might be the way at least for the next few game weeks at least. Now, Son and KDB, for example, are the ones that don't fit in the template mm. and for each of them have really upside being very differential being really having good fixtures as well uh, but the templates i think to me looks really strong than just breaking it completely and go for that way yeah uh, okay. but there are opportunities well i mean th- so i mean the th- the three striker template if we're thinking in prices it's lukaku slash Ronaldo, Antonio slash someone else at that price, Tony slash someone else around that price. So what I've got here is some strikers um, sorted per uh, minutes per XGI, expected goal involvement. This is for all the season. The best one is Calvert-Lewin. He's 8 million. So we look at Antonio's price. Hey, guess what? He's 8 million as well. I mean, he's going to be, he's going to be less because he's been in, many of our teams since the start so i think he's probably seven seven in my team i don't know seven 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 eight something like that um but nevertheless you can see that's an easy move antonio's hamstrings pop calvert lewin is easy one to get in um and he's and if he is fit he has got he is the best striker to have in terms of expected goal involvement so far this season on the very limited showing that he's had and then you've got ronaldo there at the top and lukaku is still um, messing around in this table. So this is the top 10, I think. Um, so Ronaldo and Lukaku interchangeable. And then you've also got Callum Wilson. If he's back, new owners, Newcastle could be a very intriguing. Now, if he's fit for this game against Spurs, and I, I think Newcastle have only got one or two bad fixtures. 
coming up. I think Callum Wilson is, I mean, it's just for fitness, really, but I think he's a great option. Um, you've got Chan, um, sorry, Huang, um, and uh, <laughs> you've got your man Vardy. I've skipped over Werner because we'll come to him in a sec. Um, and the Tony there. So you've got Tony messing in and uh, there's a few more tables we'll show up. There's some few more options as well. So just looking at this this table, this is just all season expected minutes per XGI. Who who kind of, yeah, either, either of you, Karim or Praz, who, who screams out as an interesting, perhaps differential alternative striker pick here? You want to go, Praz, and then I can go. Um, I think I think Calvert Lewin. Uh, one one name I don't see here is Bamford because he's been injured. Yeah. Uh, I mean, those are those are the two names that stand out to me. If I was to break this premium mid-priced budget striker, mm. um, you know, trifecta, I would say I could upgrade Tony to somebody in the seven to eight million bracket. Mm. And look, I mean, we all knew this about DCL before he got injured that Rafa sets up in a way that they feed headers into him, and he's great at heading the ball. So he's, you know, he is going to put up these numbers uh, whilst he's there. He's the one in my consideration. I would, you know, Callum Wilson, we saw him, some pictures of him training this morning. Um, we have to see because there's, you know, there's one new manager bounce, but then there's a new owner's bounce. And we'll see how that works uh, at Newcastle. Will the manager change? Will the formation change? This also applies to uh, St. Maximin as well. And then Vardy will come to. I mean, he's uh, he's just hard to fit in. You either go... Lukaku or Vardy or do you go Lukaku and Vardy something like yeah. what Karam has but what does that do to your midfield is the question yeah four four goals four shots there we go four shots on target for Vardy um that's what he does um yeah Karam I mean we know we know that Vardy's done done you well um and and presumably he's going to stay on your team until he stops <laughs> um but you know who who else from this looks like an alternative striker that perhaps people can consider while carding or not yeah i mean to me um it would be really a tough decision to make in a couple of weeks time with antonio might be surprising but i just had a look at his stats between game week one and three to f at one side mm. and then since he's back from the suspension between game week four and eight and i can see a really big difference in his performance the, the fixtures to me look a little bit similar. Mm. So um, I would say that the level of the fixtures were pretty similar. And still I can see that, for example, the first three games, which he had an XGI of a 3.58 mm. in the first three, but he had only 1.87 um, in the four game weeks after that. So it, it shows that his stats are almost halved compared to the first run of games. Of course, he will not score 16 points every game week, no. but maybe over the time with the fixtures, I know Antonio, I like him a lot. He's, he's one of my favorite FPL players, but with the fixtures that is coming up, um, there might be a case where you can go without him. Mm. For someone like Tony in game week, uh, what is it, 10, I think, when the fixtures turn for Brentford and they start playing Norwich, for example, uh, Burnley in Game Week 10, and Norwich, Newcastle, yeah. Everton. This kind of a swap is in my thinking. Um, it could be him. It could be Vardy. Um, depends on when he runs out. Um, the, question, the, the issue is I will never know because I will always have that trust in Vardy. Okay, he needs that shot to score, but he can do what he did to me last season. Mm. Um, 
not being invisible for for many weeks, especially the last part of the season. So I think one of Vardy or Antonio will go down to one of the six point five ish strikers, and that's the case I'm gonna make that in a few game weeks time. Uh, maybe we see a slot in the striker line yeah. where you have Tony, uh, Wang, uh, maybe Puki, if you fancy something yeah. from, from game week 10 onwards. Um, and to me, it's really hard to go without Lukaku, mm. not with the fixture that is coming up. So I think that's a slot. What, is, what about, uh, I mean, Werner? So, I mean, I'm just going to put, this is the same table, yeah. but just for the last four mm. game weeks. So this has changed. So this is the last four game weeks. Minutes per expected goal involvement. Ronaldo top. And then Werner. Then Tony. That does highlight him. Vardy. Huang. Antonio is still there. Abamyang is getting better. Lukaku's way down there. Um, yeah, so a minutes per expected goal involvement. Werner every 97 minutes. Lukaku. Yeah. Um, I mean, I mentioned this name because it's one of those names where, you know, when I do those unfashionable tables of players... One of the mm. criteria for being on there is almost like people laugh at it. And people say, why is that? So I remember I remember doing that ages ago with Luke Shaw back in December last year. Oh, Luke mm. Shaw, uh, you know, he's eating all the pies. And, yeah, we accept he's whipping in all those assists and getting clean sheets and getting huge scores every week. And that was what he was mm. doing at that time. Um, but people were still weren't getting him in. And people still think Werner's a joke. So, yeah. Yeah, I mean, I mean, I liked Werner when he was playing the Bundesliga, um, but I didn't see the same player in the Premier League so far, mm. and I really wonder about his minutes. Given that, uh, I presume Lukaku would be um, a lock, yeah. and that leaves Tuchel with two spots for Havertz, Mount, Werner, Ziyech. I'm not just entirely sure how many minutes he will get. I think. The top four of last season will play, I think also the Europa League teams, yeah. they will play every three days between now and the next international break. Surely the minutes would be shared even with Lukaku. Now, to me at least, I'm not brave enough to go Werner over Lukaku. If anything, I might double up on attack. And if I wanted to double up on Chelsea, I would rather double up on defence yeah. because they bring much higher value. Yeah. So the case would be you need to really be different by having both or you just take a huge risk with growing Werner over Lukaku. I just don't think that's something I but can you, do. I mean, uh, I mean Praz, you're wildcarding. Have you, have you even thought I might get Werner instead of Lukaku? <laughs> not instead. But, uh, I mean, on the question, I would say two things. I mean, number one, uh, you know, as managers, we need to have an open mind. I mean, Lingard proved us all wrong last year. Uh, Ross Barkley's done it. Theo Walcott's done it many mm. times. Uh, so I think, number one, we need to forget what happened last season. Uh, you know, we all had him beginning of the season. He burnt us pretty much uh, every time we, we went for him. So this year, we need to look at him with fresh eyes. I mean, he's not the front striker anymore. I think the last four-week uh, game weeks are a little bit skewed because Mount didn't have the minutes and Mount is the guy who will come yeah. in. And Mount has a double impact. I mean, number one, he will help Lukaku's numbers. And number two, he will eat into Werner's minutes because I was talking to a few Chelsea fans. Mm-hmm. Um, to, so Thomas Tuchel can either go 5-3-2. So in the two, then you have Werner and Lukaku playing with each other. But when Mount is in the team or Havertz wants to fit in, then he could go just the pivot. So 5 
two, three, one. And in that, Werner is less effective. So now that Mount is back, there is a chance that Werner's minutes are impacted. But look, he is, um, you know, he's doing well. His confidence looks to be back. He scored two goals last night as well. Yeah. Uh, so open mind. Yeah, I mean, that's, I'm sort of hovering. See, I, I, I see this Brentford fixture as I, is, it's nice to have Chelsea, but it's not an urgent because Brentford are a, be- a better side than perhaps we thought um, pre-season. Um, but but at the same time, I, 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 I'd like to see a bit more. <laughs> um, but Mason Mount is definitely in my thoughts because he's affordable for me. Um, and I have got midfield slots ready and waiting to be taken. Um, but um, but we're talking attackers here as well. Um, St Maximum, um, also another player like Vardy. He's been ignored, keeps racking up the points. Lookman at Leicester is interesting at six. I'm not sure many people are going to go for him. But there, there again, you know, he's a name to put in the mix. But Watkins at 7.3 for Villa. Now, he is proven. Uh, he was proven last season. And I've got another another uh, table here. The goals imminent table. Um, and Watkins even higher on this one. So this is looking, This is there is a bit of XG filtering going on. But it's essentially, you've got to have 10 shots, but only one goal maximum over the last four. So that implies... You know, you've got the potential to get more. So you look at things like shots on target, shots inside the box to get a bit more nuance. So it's um, looking at perhaps who will score in the future, but also why haven't they been scoring? Um, but um, Watkins is on this list. Jotter's on this list. He's always on this list. <laughs> uh, Gallagher at Crystal Palace is top of this list. 11 goal attempts, seven shots inside the box. I want to see a bit more of Crystal Palace with Milivojevic and Gallagher before I make a decision on him, I think. Adam Armstrong, my my player, <laughs> is is there with 11 goal attempts, six inside the box, four of those on target. Um, XG doesn't like him, though, at the moment. So I'm hoping uh, fixtures breeds form there. Uh, Mason Greenwood and Pogba, I don't think people are looking at Manchester United probably with their fixture run coming up. But Bowen and Antonio are still there and Harvey Barnes. Um, but I've left off one name, Harry Kane. They're talking about... Alter- I'm not seeing Harry Kane in anyone's team. People are thinking of Son. But Harry Kane, this is sort of the time where he comes into form. Either of you considering Harry Kane at all? Or you got you got an eye on him for future fixtures? I know the fixtures, Newcastle's good, goes a bit bad, then it gets good again. So considering Kane? I could do. I mean, again, open mind. Um, you know, this is an, another reason why having the Lukaku spot is important. Mm-hmm. I mean, watch Lukaku for the next four games while he has great fixtures. And then if you would like to switch to Kane, if he's looking like coming back mm-hmm. into it. And he he looked good in the last game without any return. Um, perhaps it's it's an area you go to. Yep. Um, not in my thoughts at the moment, again, mm-hmm. because of the Lukaku factor. Karim, I mean, you've, you can probably... Yeah. It's not a big stretch to do... Vardy to Kane. I mean, it's a one or two million, yeah. but it's not. It's not a huge stretch. Tempted? No, yeah, certainly not. It, it's. It's. I think one of the reasons why I'm planning, or I'm keeping the Lukaku spot mm. and the Vardy spot is game week twelve. The fixture turn for Spurs, and surely Harry Kane will score goals. And I think the fixtures are really good. in from game week twelve until really game week. 22, I'm looking now. They only face Liverpool and Leicester in the run. So 
if you consider a, a midterm or a long term, you can make the swap. Um, you can also do the hockey cookie with Lukaku, Kane, and Ronaldo in game week 15. I think where Ronaldo becomes an, a great option again yeah. for the captaincy, even. So I think that's another reason why I'm really sticking with the 11.5 to 12 million striker because it gives me that option to go around these players. Yeah. Now, do I want that for Son and De Bruyne, perhaps? Maybe. But I just feel like it's easier to move on and off these players than pushing the funds to midfield and Salah is not going anywhere. So it feels that it might be the play now. Yeah. And yeah. I mean, this one. I mean, but... Perhaps, I mean, what do you think? Wild cards, lots of people have got Son in for their wild cards. Um, Kane, not in many options. But but Spurs fixtures, they, they Newcastle's great, but it gets a bit tricky for, I think it's three games. Um, so does that put you off, Spurs? I particularly haven't looked at Son myself, but I do have, I have seen him in a few drafts. I think for me, it comes down to just trusting Spurs as a team. I don't know if I trust them yet. Mm. Um, you know, you, I, I couldn't bank my money on them beating Newcastle. I mean, they should, but uh, will they? For Sun, you know, there is a reason he has shown some talismanic uh, returns over the last few. If they score a goal, he's either assisting or scoring. So I can see why people are going there. He's also obviously easier to reach as a price point. Goes back to the point that we don't really have any midfielders. Mm. So he sounds like, you know, somebody who you can put some money into yeah. if you're not going for a city midfielder. But Kane is just that much harder given all the other options in, in, in the three. He's, he's someone I'm thinking of, not yet. But so looking at those fixtures, just to remind people, we've got Newcastle next, then it's West Ham, Manchester United, and Everton. So there, there are three fixtures there where I'm not sure he's going to get too many returns. Then it gets much better. After then, as, as Karen pointed out, I've got the fixtures to hand, by the way. Um, but I, I remember they get they get much better. And as Karen pointed out, I think it's until game 22, they get pretty good with just a couple of poor games uh, in that time. Um, and it's around that time where, I mean, I'm not fully convinced about Lukaku yet. Um, I, I am with Ronaldo because um, he keeps putting those stats. He keeps putting those stats up. He's got the pedigree, as we know, it's an understatement. Um, and um, he's, he's, so far, he's had the fixtures. Um, and I think once Rashford's back, I think they're going to gel a bit more. So Ronaldo is someone in my thoughts when Manchester United's fixtures turn. Lukaku, I don't know about. And then, then there's Kane floating around. And Kane, you know, traditionally has been such a reliable source of points and captaincy. And, you know, I often think it's not will he score, it's how many he'll score um, once he's in his stride. And, and we know that it doesn't really happen in August. But, yeah, I mentioned him because I'm, I'm definitely thinking about him. Not yet, but soon. And I, I don't discount him. Um, I mean, on Ronaldo, uh, Joe, quickly, mm. I mean, there was a question as well on if you have Ronaldo, do you keep him this week? Mm. 100% keep yeah. him this week. I mean, Leicester have conceded the most shots in the box of all teams this <laughs> season. Yes. And if United gets shots, that's Ronaldo taking the shots yeah. and you want him. Yeah, definitely. We um, we focused a bit on that as well on the uh, captaincy video earlier today. Tom ha had some stats on that. Um, and, you know, looking at Ronaldo against Lukaku, Ronaldo has, actually has the better fixture, even if, you know, the fixture ticker may consider Leicester harder. But, um, yeah, also, um, the, uh, all of the centre-backs have gone, I think, have made that fixture. I'm not sure anyone's got any centre-backs left. 
Um, and they've and from said, what teams? Yeah, and they're going to be without. And so Ndidi is is out as well. Um, uh, obviously, the centre back pairing at Manchester United. Are out. I mean, it says to me, going to be goals. Either that, or it's well, no, it, it surely must be goals. They haven't got anyone who can defend left. <laughs> I mean, my only concern as a United fan, as you can tell, is um, it's. You know, United haven't been in, in, in top form. The crowd will start turning on them if Leicester score. Mm. But, you know, you have to back the fact that Leicester have been very leaky and they will they will come back at some stage. But uh, it's not a team that is high on confidence. That's no. that's the only thing. No, OK. Um, yeah, I mean, what do you think? I mean, I'm a Greenwood owner. Do you think Greenwood is going to start this one? I mean, perhaps you're a Manchester United fan. Um, he should. I mean, he. You know, with now he's now he's at the stage where it's anyone's guess because mm. you know Sancho's looked very good in the friendly. I mean, it was it was mm. an easy fixture for England, but he looked good, so he could play on the right. Uh, almost definitely, United will play Pogba on the left attack, so that leaves Greenwood fighting it out with Sancho. I, I mean, if he if he does start, which I think he will, um, yeah. he should be fine. But I got rid of him on Wildcard. I obviously had yeah. him until now. Was simply because he's not in yeah. the same yeah. position, getting those chances which he was. Oh, yeah, yeah. I, I, I should have got rid of him on my wild card three or four weeks ago, um, but I, I will keep him for this one. It, I, I, I mean, I'll even take a cameo against Leicester. I'll take anything, but, um, but I, um, I do think the options are coming back from Manchester United, and when they do gel, you know, they do. I mean, they really do. Get the points. We've seen it. Rashford, Greenwood, Pogba, um, whoever they've got up front. So in the past, it's been, say, Cavani or Martial. Now it's Ronaldo. Fernandez is there. All of them get huge points, you know. For sure. Um, and so I'm, yeah, I, I, I don't want to stray too far from Manchester United, um, definitely. Um, speaking of Manchester, Manchester City. They're a bit, they're even harder to, who's going to start for them? Um, so, yeah, um, Karen, do you want to take us through the Manchester City chat? Yeah, sure. Um, I've got the team sheet for, for Saturday. No, I'm joking. No. <laughs> um, so, uh, Man City embark on a kind run of games, uh, starting with their, um, yeah, uh, fixture against Burnley, uh, in which we have some really interesting stats on, on this one. Mm. Um the last four times Man City has hosted Burnley in all competitions, all four games ended 5-0. So that screams points and goals uh, for the next game week. Yeah. Um, the question, the main question is, who starts and who will score the goals? Um, so we've got some community questions mm. on this. Mox81 is asking, who are the best attacking City assets to go for? Is it Torres or Mahrez or both for Burnley? Mm. Um um, KDB, what about him? Is he a good differential punt for this game week? Uh, City defence look very impressive as well. Um, is it Diaz, Cancelo, both of them, both of them, which one uh, to go for? Um, and is there a merit to save money with Kyle Walker and Laporte okay. uh, instead of Diaz and Cancelo? I've, I've so got, we've got some... I've got some stats. And, yeah, this, this table here, this is... Uh, minutes per expected goal involvement, and this is for all season. Um, so yeah, I've got the picture of Mares there, and yeah, Mar- it's, it's it's amazing, isn't it? Mares's stats there if he starts. 
if he starts indeed. So what do you think, Joe, about the fixture? Are you targeting anyone for the next game week? I've got Cancelo in and I got Cancelo in last week with with this fixture run in mind, including Burnley. He'll probably be benched now. But um, with Mendy out of the picture, Zinchenko was injured, could be back. Cancelo can play left back or right back. Um, so Walker, you would think it's Walker and Cancelo. It might, one of those might dip out um, if Zinchenko comes in. But if Zinchenko's not available, I can't, I can't see who, it has to be him really. Um so Cancelo, um, yes, Mares and Torres, if they are in this, I was talking to Tom about this earlier. Whoever's whoever's starting in those front three positions, basically, pour the champagne. Yeah, just pour the champ, pour yourself some, turn the TV off, don't even bother watching it. Just pour the champagne and count the points, which will be coming. You can, it's like a no, it's like no look. Football watching, you don't even need to look because you know it's gonna there's gonna be a goal, and you, you can just you know by by the time you come back in the evening you'd be you've had a bottle of champagne, <laughs> and and you're looking at you're looking at seventeen point haul from Torres. You're looking at uh, oh Mares he scored a hat trick. Um, I mean Karen, you you explain Mares in this fixture the last I mean yeah. how many goals has he scored recently for against Burnley? Yeah. So with Riyad Mahrez, he um, in his Premier League career, he scored eight goals against Leicester. Uh, sorry, against Burnley, Burnley uh, in which seven of them in a City um, uh, jersey. Uh, six goals in the last three matches he played against Burnley. Um, interesting about um, Mahrez against Burnley. He started the last six times, and uh, he started six times of the last seven. He yeah. uh, played. Uh, Burnley. So probably uh, Charlie Tyler's nightmare is, is Mahrez. And if anything, I think the way he plays, the way he just dominated the right wing, screams him starting against against yeah. Burnley, regardless yeah. whether he's favourable or not. Now, I noticed um, this with, with Pep in the past. He likes certain players in certain fixtures. So-and-so yeah. away. Oh, that's a Jesus game. So-and-so at home. Sterling always does. Yeah. Mar- Mares against Burnley that just seems to be the thing isn't it it's... yeah uh, I think one of the two fixtures he really likes him is against Burnley and Leicester oh, okay. uh, for, for, for Mahrez yeah. so that's that's something to to, uh, to consider now the question is, uh, is is he the option now for the next few because as a one week punt I think he's one of the best captain options mm. but can you carry him on for the next few game weeks and I've got something about the three players Mahrez, Foden and Torres and it's inspired by Price who um, created a table we will share it a little bit later on Chelsea and, and City but basically Mahrez for last season this is Sasa from last season he started 23 games uh, in the Premier League um, 11 times uh, on the bench with no cameo and only four times where he came on so basically, Mahrez gave you the option, he starts or no show, and you get the first bench, uh, first up of the bench. That's not the case this season. I think of the five times he got benched, he made four cameos. So it's a swap role uh, between him and Torres. Um, so it's something to consider. I think Mahrez last season uh, started more in the Champions League than the Premier League. 
uh, it seems like he is more prioritized for that, especially in the later stages in the knockouts. He played all the knockout games uh, at the expense of the Premier League games. So this is not the case now. We are still in the group stage, so he might get a start. I think with the unlikeliness of Jesus to make the game week eight, that spot is his. Um, mm. Whether you can carry him on, I think when we discuss the rest of the options, I favor someone else over over Mahrez on the three, four, five game weeks fixture. But for one week punt, for this fixture, I think Mahrez, Mahrez is so, the one. So for those that are wild carding next week and mm. have a place there, they, I mean, a one week punt, Mahrez, possibly the best one. Praz, are you? I mean, you're wildcarding this uh, week, so but are you. I would think so. I would think so. I mean, if I was to if I was to say in terms of short term punts, there's the Brazil factor, right? I mean, in addition to Mares's great record, mm-hmm. the fact that Brazil play 36 hours before the weekend means that a you have um, you know Jesus missing out, which mm-hmm. is great for Mares, but I also feel teams can then punt on. Uh, you know, dare I say it again, people have been burnt with him, but Torres, because Torres mm-hmm. has, is off the same price point as yeah. Rafinha. Uh, so this applies to people like me who are wildcarding. If if we find out that Rafinha is out for the weekend and you really fancy a punt on, on Pep Roulette and, and you want it only for a week, then just, you know, uh, Torres is also one week option. You know, no guarantees that he starts, but might as well roll the dice for the Burnley fixture and then convert him to Rafinha a week later. Yeah, I mean, I've got to admit, Part, I mean, I've got, I've got Jota, who very likely won't start because Firmino, being Brazilian, but he was actually not in the squad, so he's fit and ready to go. Um, and Jota's got got this injury. Um, there's Greenwood as well knocking around, and Saar, who I actually quite like for this fixture, especially because Liverpool's Brazilian goalkeeper will be absent. So I like Saar's got a bit of form against Liverpool, so it's worth a go. But if I was my, I'm, if I am minded to get a midfield Torres, this is just this just screams a Torres 15, 20 pointer, and he'll get nothing forevermore. But it's just a case of do I want to be lumbered with him as many people were after his seventeen points, and I think it's long term thinking. I don't think I can. But if it was a one week punt, Mares or Torres, Jesus not playing, I, I like this. Yeah. yeah, I think I think for the next three, let, let's talk about a, a range of game weeks. To me, I would actually consider Torres over Mahrez. Okay. And the reason for that is basically, he is currently playing really well with Spain. And he, he, scored, he scored a couple of goals in the Nations League as well this week as a, as a number nine. So he was deployed by Luis Enrique exactly as Pep wants him to be. Um, in the semi-finals against uh, who did they play? Uh, Italy, mm. right? Um, that was not the case. I think in in the final he was a bit more wide, um, but even Enrique is observing what Pep is trying to do with with Torres. And I think with Mahrez nailing that spot because Jesus is not is probably not an option in game week eight. That that central forward is going to be really between Torres and and Sterling. Um, and I just feel like Torres has has a better feeling to the goal and as a striker than than Sterling in a game like Burnley. This is the game where we don't need a false nine. Granted, Pep will do that <laughs> next weekend. Weekend, but um, 
I think Torres for the last for last season he was more used in the Premier League than the Champions League. Over the 13 games in the Champions League, he, he started only four, and he was on the bench with no cameo in seven of those. He didn't play almost anything in the knockouts of the Champions League, but he used to get the Premier League games. He had 14 stars last season, um, in which is really similar to to Foden, who had 17 stars. So there is no much difference between the number of stars between Foden and Torres. And the thing about Torres, he he doesn't give you a lot of cameos as well. So he is also another option where you you he starts or he's a no-show. And we've seen that in, in this season. He started the first three yeah. and he never touched the grass in the last four game weeks for different reasons. I think now we will see more pattern. It's not like the previous yeah, before mean, the international break because we play Champions League, we play the cups every midweek until the next international break. So there should be rotation, surely. And I think with that price, you can digest the rotation more than Mahrez at um, nine, uh, 8.7. Now, I started with Mahrez and I got the goal against Norwich yeah. as a captain, where people, I think, Captain Salan, he didn't return. So I got a bit of an advantage, but it was painful. And I was in a situation where I don't have a strong bench to cover that. But with Torres, you have that one yeah. and a half million more where you can afford I, to I, punt on him. I actually think, with Leveramento. Yeah, I actually think he's, for those who are wildcarding, because when you are wildcarding, your, your bench is set up um, mm-hmm. uh, well. And I think if you are, we'll come to this in a second, how many risks is too many risks. But I think Torres is a great risk and a placeholder for Rafina. Just a you know very similar price. He's a bit more, so he gives you time, um, and and if not, well then presumably on the bench is the likes of Christensen, Livermento, Duffy, whoever, Livermento, yeah. uh, Ben yeah. White. You know the, these are the sorts of bench players that the wildcarders are having, all with great fixtures coming up. I was looking at, at the lineups of the last couple of meetings uh, between City and Burnley, two of the many five nil drubbings. And it was Edison in goal and Walker, Stones, Diaz. Um, and Diaz was replaced by Garcia in the 70th minute. Mendy, who's out of the picture now. Rodri replaced with Fernandinho. Gundogan, uh, Mares, De Bruyne, who was like a number, sort of number 10. Um, Torres, who was out on the left. Uh, Mares obviously was on the right. And up front was Gabriel, uh, it was Jesus. So obviously it's different now. Jesus is, and is now on the right and up front it's more likely to be Foden KDB Torres whoever yeah. and then on the left it's Grealish Grealish is the main man out there so it's mm-hmm. a slightly different but you know he trusted Torres to start in this game and Foden came on for him um, meanwhile and Mares obviously Mares got a hat-trick in that game um, and then in the previous one which is um, June 2020 um, it was Foden and Mares both got braces. Now it was Foden that started that one, um, and it was Sane. Remember him? Uh, replaced him for the last ten minutes or so. Um, Aguero was back back playing them, replaced with Jesus. Mares was playing. Uh, he started, did well, got a brace, and it was De Bruyne that replaced him. I think the point is, um, it's it's impossible to say who's going to start. And you've got to ro- you've you've got to be prepared for that and roll the dice. I'm not that kind of manager, but if I was, as I said, whoever is in that lineup, that attacking three, will get you points. But who is it? Come on, then. 
Uh, who's going to start? Who, who, you know, a, a, a metaphorical FPL gun to our heads. Who will be that front three? Uh, I would say, let me see something about the England lineup. Oh, okay, both Sterling and Grish play. Now, uh, I would say Mahrez on the right, Torres as a number nine, and Grish on the left. Okay. And there is a case for Foden that he is really prioritised for Champions League more than the Premier League. Okay. And with two stars with England, I don't see him starting. Sorry, Price. <laughs> Spoiler to the wild card. Yeah. Um, I, I genuinely think that Mares and Torres will be slightly better options than than Foden. Mm-hmm. Um, when we in the last in the second part of the season, especially in the Champions League, Foden has played nearly every minute in the Champions League and nearly nothing in the Premier League. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's I think how how good he is for us that Pep wants to use him in in the Champions League. So F- Foden he has the higher possibility to play in the Champions League rather than the Premier League. However, he is being deployed in the middle, which could be a great option for him as well to get more minutes than just being on the wing. He played with England against Andorra as well in the same role, and he impressed really. So there might be a chance where he gets more minutes as a a double eight with KDB perhaps, um, rather than on the wings. Um, his so, price is still affordable at 7.8 so, coming back so, to the many questions we're going to come to your wildcard um, latest in a minute yeah. Praz. And I know you've got some sort of deliberate differentials in there to, to help the debate and discussion along um, but it, is Foden genuinely in your thoughts and has Karen put you off <laughs> well uh, <laughs> not, not really not really because I think I think a lot of the discussion <laughs> A lot of the discussion we're having is a little bit short-term focus. So we're looking at Burnley as the yeah. next fixture, maybe the next couple. Of course, on wildcard, you're looking for long-term. And you know, one of one of the biggest advice with Pep Roulette is don't just go for the next fixture. Pep doesn't just look at rest as the only criteria to pick yeah. a team. It's got yeah. to do with tactics, who's the right person. So you know, stick it out. I think uh, that would be one thing. And if we're looking at long-term, I mean, there's a couple of guys we haven't talked about. Mm. I mean, Grealish has started seven out of seven. KDB is, you know, we know from past seasons, he's the go-to guy. So if we think of long-term, and let me make a case for Foden here. I mean, I, I do agree that, uh, you know, he's at risk maybe of Burnley. But do I care on wildcard with, with, with that team? I don't mind a cameo. My thinking is he's much more integral to the team. He can play four positions, you know, the second number eight. He can yeah. play on the left and the right as a false nine. He's just a more important member of the team. So if I'm getting that for 7.9, 7.8, which we thought Grealish was a couple yeah. of weeks ago, uh, I'm interested. In, and it was a decision between Grealish and Foden and which one do I want on it? Because I think both of them should get a lot of minutes, whether they start on uh, you know, Burnley or not is sort of secondary for me. I mean, I, I think on, on a wild card, this is why I think I'm pretty set on either a Foden or a Grealish, at least a City mid that I... You know, can can tap that um, in the in the next few weeks. Do you, um, what about De Bruyne though? Because with De Bruyne, it's it's more about his price, really. I mean, obviously, you know, if you could get De Bruyne in, it'd be a, you know great great asset to have. But for those with definitely want Salah, you definitely want a premium striker. In most cases, going to be Lukaku. I mean, De Bruyne just doesn't fit in. I mean, as you've been wildcarding, have you have you tried to get him in and then thought this isn't going to work out? 
Um, look, I mean, I think it came down to do I want Lukaku or KDB. Mm. Uh, but to be honest, had he shown the signs that he showed last year, he would have forced us to do that. But he's looked a little bit slower. I mean, Karam, you watch their games. What is it about KDB that, you know, as as somebody who doesn't follow City, is just not feeling it with KDB? Is that is that something that the fans are feeling as well? Uh, if you mean this season, I, I think yes. he is just. He's still, I think he's still recovering from, from an ankle injury that he picked up uh, during the Euros. And he's been, he's been managed with the minutes. And I think a couple of times he had a bit of uh, sit-backs. Um, however, in, in, in this international break, I think there are st- still some, some people think that KDB didn't play his, his best, but half of his best was, was two great assists against um, uh, France. Um, and I think that's what he is capable of. Uh, he is capable of assists, but at the 12 million, he and the 11.5 last season, he was a good option for Mr. Assist with penalties. I think him being off penalties, and it's a good opportunity to answer some a question on the chat who is asking about who is a pen taker for, for, uh, for City, since he is off the penalties for Mahrez, who is the first choice now. I don't. I don't think he he brings that enough value. I, I like him, and I might one day of the season bring him just because I I love him. Um, but is he the best value player that you will offer? Or you will get from City, probably not. With the options that you have for Torres, Mares, unless it's a double game week and you need to really maximize on this. I think I think that's where KDB is is a great so, option. So who who is on penalties if Mares isn't on the pitch? Ooh. I can't remember this. Um, I'm trying to remember, actually. I mean, I'm not even um, sure Man City knows. <laughs> maybe, uh, I mean, maybe Grealish, but Grealish wasn't even on them in... Yeah, at, at... No, he wasn't even on Villa. He was on them for a tiny bit, but not really. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I yeah. guess Jesus, but he's not going to be on the pitch either. Torres? Is Torres? No, I, I, I remember. Maybe. I have a feeling that there was a pen where Maris was not on the, on, on the pitch, but... Um, yeah, as we go along, I can I can okay. figure this out. We'll See, if yeah, someone. Yeah. We'll have a look into that. So, I mean, obviously, we you know you know the risks you're going to be taking, um, and and that's the subject of of, of what um, Praz wants to talk about because this is sort of furthering further chat from our wildcard chat on the on the meet the manager video um, from last week, and I do urge people to have a look at that. Um, it's on the YouTube channel um, that you're watching this now on. Um, or if you're listening to the podcast version, go go to the YouTube channel and you will see it yeah. on there, uh, Praz's Meet the Manager. But this follows on about essentially this question, isn't it, of how many risks is too many risks? So, um, yeah, Praz, I've got, I've got, as you talk, I've got, I've got something you sent to me, which is your table yeah. of rarely cameoing and cameoing a lot. So right. I'll, put, I'll put that up and you can tell us what's that about. Sure. So when you know when we were thinking about this question on who are the risky picks on wildcard, um, you know what do we really mean by risky? I mean, there's basically high upside but not nailed. But but you know not nailed is not is not nuanced enough. So what I what I went and did was I said, um, you know, does this player actually start? Um, and if he doesn't start, does he come on? So that's the cameo bit. And I went through all the all the appearances they've had last season and the season so far. And I looked at the number of times that they came on. And what I'm trying to decipher is, 
Is he nailed? So I'm going to go through all these uh, players who we think are fairly risky. Mm. Uh, we're going to decipher, do we think he's nailed? If he's not nailed, can we mitigate that risk with a good substitute on, on our bench? And if he does cameo, is he still worth it compared to other nailed options in that bracket? So let me talk about the first two. And you see there are two categories here, which is the, the rarely cameo. And these are guys, everything under 15%. So, you know, basically one in 10 times approximately they would come on. Mm. Um, sorry, one in 10 times they would actually have a cameo. Otherwise, you get their points or you don't get their points. So yeah. These are safe guys um, who you can have in your team. And if they don't start, you can have a substitute and rest. rest hey, I've got, I've got two of them. So I feel right. I feel good. <laughs> Uh, and, and by the way, the gold standard here is Salah. Uh, you know, for me, or for I guess for the whole community, yeah. he's the guy who we called nailed, who plays for a top four team, has Champions League midweek, but yet continues to start week in, week out. So for reference, he had 38 appearances and three of them were cameos. So that's about okay. 8%. So that's wow. that's basically a gold standard. Um, so if I look at the rarely cameo guys, I mean, these are largely defenders, KDB, some of the names that's, that uh, stood out were Walker and Laporte. I mean, not many people talked about these two as options in City's defense. But if you think about it, I mean, Laporte last season was slightly different in the sense that Stones was the more nailed guy. This season, Laporte seems to have, uh, you know, the, the second spot at centre-back. And the good thing is, if he doesn't come on, keep a Livramento, keep a Mbuemo, and they come on instead. So there is very little risk, in, uh, you know, in, in going for somebody like him. I think number one thing uh, that comes out is Diaz is not a risk. I think we can eliminate that from this list. Uh, Cancelo, Aspilicuerta, uh, Walker and KDB are also very, very low risk, both in terms of the number of starts as well as cameos. So for me, this category, this first bucket, what it's telling me is there are certain people like Laporte I mentioned, Christensen I mentioned, mm. uh, Chilwell uh, is another interesting one. I mean, these guys are sort of you know, either play or, or or they don't come on. So they're rested. These are not the high-impact guys, no. although Chilwell didn't, did stand out as maybe he would come on for Alonso, but actually he hasn't ever come on in the last, you know, since 2018 season. So these are guys who you can fairly, you know, you, you can never be risk-free, so, but so you, with, can, you can sit easy. So Sorry, with, with Chilwell and Alonso, it's either Alonso or Chilwell. It's not a case of 60, 60th minute, off you get Alonso, Chilwell, come on. It's not. He just sticks with no. it, whoever he's picked. Correct. That's um, what we've seen so far. I, I can um, give um, a bit of insight into Christensen here. So I've owned him for three, three or four game weeks. And he has returned consistently for me without actually being on the pitch. And that is because he got me a clean sheet when he played. There was a one time he played, he got me one point. And the other two times he didn't play. But Livermento came on. And Livermento, six points and four points. So in essence, he's um, returning for me way more often than his... Um, it's quite low price tag there. So I feel pleased about having him. And one of the reasons I got Cancelo in um, was not just because he, he just looks a very exciting player as well, but it's just choices as well. So he can play on both flanks. Walker's there. He's not competing. So on di different flanks, Zinchenko he's competing with. So I thought, well, OK, we're competing with Zinchenko. Zinchenko's going to get the odd match, but Cancelo may move and replace Walker then. Right. And and it's with Mendy out of the picture. That's and they haven't replaced in that role. It's fantastic. 
So I think Cancelo is, um, you know, it's good to see him there. And I think those that have got Aspilicueta, Diaz, Chilwell in this can, can, can sleep easy. What's interesting, I think, is Walker and Laporte. I think they're quite, because they're, they're a little bit cheaper than some of the other options. But you can, like, like I'm getting with Christensen, they're just going to play or they're not going to play. Correct, correct. So it's, it's a little bit yeah. of change in mindset in terms of risk profile. People sort of, I mean, I'll come to the more risky players mm. in a second, but people sort of, for example, bucket James and Chilwell as similar players, similar risk, because they're both wingbacks at yeah. Chelsea, but they're actually very different. You could have a Chilwell and a Livramento who could do much better than yeah. you know any other midfield, uh, any other defender. That's a great but combination, a, isn't it? Yeah, and a James, you could get stuck with a lot of cameos, but we'll come to that in a second. Mm. But Karam, you had a point, and does this sort of resonate at least on the city side with you in terms of nailedness and riskiness? Yeah, I uh, as, as I said in the beginning of this podcast, I, I loved the table when I when I saw it. Uh, definitely changed a bit of how I look at certain players, especially Cancelo. The one of the reasons I probably don't didn't own last at all last season is basically oh what if he's get benched and never show up no this table says something different um my only reservation about um is about laporte basically for the next few uh, as as we see in the table as probably we know Diaz is under bubble right and that leaves one center back option with a game every three days now, it's really easy that Laporte does not play at all in the Premier League for the next four game weeks, and Stones does, or the vice versa. So if I am on a wild card in game week nine, not eight, it will, it will be easier for me to decide, do I want Stones or Laporte? Because maybe I can find a pattern where Pep will have an easy decision to make, okay, you play the weekend, you play the midweek. Um, what I like about those players is basically a one-time-off or a two-times-off in the mid-term. Um, but if I get someone of them and never shows up, it takes away a bit for the main reason why I'm going for them because of the fixtures, right? So in a way, this table will allow me to digest some of the no-shows. And that's something that happened actually with Torres as we grow a lot in the, in the next table. He didn't have any cameo this season, in which I benefited once when uh, Livramento with five-pointer came off the bench, rather than having someone like Foden, for example, who might come on and keep that keep that return on the bench. So uh, I think with those players, the rest of the players, I totally agree, and I like how, how things are looking here. And it makes me think, well, Cancelo and Diaz, nothing much between them in terms of stars versus cameo risk, I would rather have Cancelo um, based on, on so, this table. So what about this cameo a lot? So this is this is for the, the Mavericks. <laughs> yeah, this, this table comes with a health warning. Um, yeah. So basically what this says mm-hmm. is, look, you're getting the guy and he's going to play. Whether he starts or not, he's going to come on. So if you don't see him in the lineup, mm-hmm. don't pray for your six-pointer from Livramento. He is going to come on. So that's basically the idea here. Now, that is not to say, I should say up front, that we should stay away from these guys. Mm-hmm. What I'm trying to say with this table is that these are guys who you have to treat them on the same pedestal as the nailed players. So you have to compare a James. Uh, we'll come to that table in a second. But you have to compare a James with a Rudiger. And don't look at James's 
per minute stats. Look at his overall game stats because it doesn't matter because James could come on for 15 minutes and show a terrific XA. But, you know, because he's going to keep cameoing, you have to count that as your whole game week score, if, if you see what I mean. And so you have to look at it as I'm going for this risky player and I'm going to hold him over a period of 15 weeks. If I think that James can, over this 15 weeks, maybe get 10 starts, five cameos, and that is enough in terms of the clean sheets he gets and the missed games, he will get the assists to make up for it, then go for James over Rudiger. Mm. Same thing. I mean, I've compared, for example, a Jesus to an Antonio. I mean, you could, for example, think Antonio has very tough fixtures, go for Jesus, Jesus instead, but he will come on in games so you won't get that cushion. So you're basically looking at Jesus over... He'd have to go an eight-pointer, one-pointer, nine-pointer, two-pointer for you to make up for an Antonio 6666. And if you think that is still a higher number, go for the risky guy. And that's what I was trying to show with this flag. I think, I mean, in terms of taking a gamble on a City asset, so what they're saying is there's been a real shift between Torres and Mares in terms of being subbed yeah. on and off. So um, we can see here that, that the previous season, um, Torres... Um, 38% of the times cameoed uh, this season he hasn't cameoed once he's either on mm. or, or he's not uh, Mares only 15% so it was either Mares or not now it's 80% you're going to see yeah. some Mares but you might only see 10 minutes of Mares um, I mean I, I've got one player well, this, this probably shows the type of manager I am quite a safe manager because I've only got one player on this list um, and that's Jota and I have often said with Jota, I don't mind if he cameos. With teams like Liverpool, Manchester United as well, but but especially Liverpool, I, I quite like to have an attack in the last 20 minutes. That's when the opposition are knackered and when these these guys are, are steaming on. Um, so that, I guess that's another element. And I, 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 I guess um, people who own the Chelsea assets and the Manchester City assets will probably have the same thing. It's like with Foden. Most people probably take 20 minutes of Foden against Burnley, wouldn't they? I think, um, yeah. But, yeah, having said that, I'll probably get rid of Jota because he's injured. But um, if he's not injured, I'm going to play him against Watford because I will take 20 minutes of Jota against Watford. Um, Shall we have a look at... No, no, before we look at your your wildcard team, Praz, you've got another table here. I've just put put it in my notes here. Praz cameos colors so this is colored so what why why who are yeah why are these players on this list and what do they signify and what what do the colors signify right so this is basically i as as i said i you know if we're looking to go risky and this is the riskiest bracket you have to essentially compare each of these players with their main nailed competitor so what you see in on the right is same price point another guy who is much more nailed and I'm essentially trying to show, you know, what do you believe? Uh, and, I, and I said this with James. So if you think James will get more assists to make up for the missed clean sheets, pick James over Rudiger. Mm. And I've got a yellow here, which I'll come to, where essentially means I'm, I'm unsure if that is the case. Okay. But then let's compare Foden versus Bamford or Jota versus a Bamford and DCL. And why I've compared this uh, midfielder with an attacker is, frankly, we don't have any options, any reasonable options in the eight you know, 7.5 to 8.5 bracket that are nailed at this stage. This is where we are in the FPL sphere at the moment. So, you know, you can think of a change in formation where you have a Bamford as the third striker instead of a Foden 
as your third mm. midfielder. So what I'm trying to say is here, if you feel that you know Leeds are not in form, um, Foden will have you know three out of four games where he starts, one he cameos. If you believe that his uh, you know his stats and they have shown to be the case over the last couple of games, if that continues, then go for Foden. You don't have to be the safe pick, Bamford uh, pick. Go for Foden. The other guys in this category, obviously, Jota and Foden go hand in hand. I think you you go for a similar priced player in your position. Torres, we talked about. I mean, for him, the nailed competition is Rafinha and Saka. I mean, you could make a case for having both plus Torres, yeah. but it's just something to show. Um, Mares, there's not a lot in that price bracket, mm-hmm. as I mentioned. So I've used Sun as one. And in this case, I've put it as red is because I don't think over their six-game big period, Mares can match Sun with those cameos. Mm-hmm. And then an interesting one is Huang. I mean, we've seen Huang come up in... Uh, a lot of um, you know, a lot of drafts recently because of the fact that he's turning all these chances that Traore missed in the first few game weeks. He started and bang, he scored. So people, if you believe he's going to be a starter, that's fair enough. Mm. But if I go with what we've seen so far, he's got competition from Traore, from Podans, then he will cameo. Maybe he'll play two, maybe cameo. So you have to compare him with a, with a Tony who's going to play ninety yeah. minutes on penalties. If you believe he outscores him, then go for Huang. It's a worth yeah. risk. Uh, it's it's a risk worth taking. Otherwise, don't. Yeah, I mean, the, with yeah. with with Huang, I was noticing that um, you've got the sort of big big guy, small guy thing going on with with Jimenez, and um, you know, holding the ball up, being a nuisance. Huang moves in, which is what Tr- I thought Troy would be doing, um, which is why I got him in on my wild card. So I've, now, I've probably got rid of him. Um, but as you said, one thing I have noticed owning Wolves players this season is it's around the 60-70 minute mark. It's this spot that Huang's got where it will, he will either come on or he'll be taken off. And so you're not going to get your 90 minutes there. You're going to get you're going to get 60 or 70 and that's the one that's at risk. But as you said, it's a million pound cheaper, million, million or so, no, actually it's 7.7 7 cheaper than Tony. And if you think that there's going to be more explosive returns there, you know, it's worth getting. And what, it depends what you can do with that 0.7 there. Um, there are options. But yeah, it is, it is interesting there. It's also interesting for me as, as, um, as a jotter owner, but also um, I'm not wildcarding, but also, you know, looking at perhaps alternatives I might be forced to. It's actually, Rafina would be, but he's probably not going to be playing unless, unless he's, well, I don't know. You never know. He is superhuman. Um, you know, just get off the flight, literally, and just run onto the pitch straight from the plane, you know, on the touchline. But it's Saka. That's a quick anyway. Yeah, it's Saka at 6.3. It's, it's a player I really... He's essentially my Saar replacement, but I'm going to keep Saar. And I think Saka's the one I like because, as you said, he's nailed on. He can get explosive returns. He might get me three points some weeks. Arsenal have good fixtures. He's looking great in Arsenal's setup. Um, I think Saka's top of my shopping list at the moment. But what's interesting about this list is it shows, you know, the range of different um, attitudes to the game. So if you've got an attitude, a uh, stronger attitude to risk, you can look at Foden. If you haven't, maybe think of rearranging and look to getting that, that money up front to a third striker and so on. Um, yeah, I like this list. It's good, but we should do this more. This 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 should become a mm-hmm. like a regular thing, update every four weeks or so. Um but yeah, I like I like this. Um, yeah, Karen, yeah, are you? I mean, you, uh, there's a lot of midfielders here, but um, 
Are you, are you looking at this in terms of any midfielders? In terms of, ooh, I'll get the nailed on option or I'm going to roll the dice with the the cameo guy. Yeah, it's it's an interesting topic and I really like how, how things are going with this section, which raises the question is how many, how many of them can we afford to have? Um, certainly every one of us has has a maximum of three bench players, probably two if the third one does not play. So to me, I like to draw some some risky op- for some risky options. Not always they work out, uh, but I still feel that it's it's always worth a go. Question is, how many of them can I go with? Um, I would say from the previous table, I like I like to go for one, maximum two. Yeah. And if I go for two risky players, I'll make sure that at least one of them is not a rarely cameo player because I don't want to end up um, almost every week uh, having to use two of my bench, which probably yeah. would be Alan and Livramento. Probably one is good. Um, so if I, if anything, I might, I might go for something like, I don't remember the exact table anymore, but I think Torres is a rarely cameo this season. So he might be the one I use. And someone else who with um, a lot of cameos, um, someone from the Chelsea or uh, a Jota. Jota is someone I, I I feel he is cameo a lot category. Yeah. Um, when, when fixtures improve and he's in form and so we talk about Jota, um, a 20, 30 minutes of him, he is, he is still a decent option. So I can afford going for something like Torres and Jota instead of going for two players who will really mm. come on uh, off the bench. Um, but generally speaking, these these options and these kind of price points are really nice for these players because when you are fed up or the fixtures there, you can move on to some other players, yeah. the likes of Rafinha or Saka or Saar. These kind of players you can afford. Um so yeah, um, that's that's my view on it. Yeah, I mean, one thing I would say to your point, sorry, Joe, I was uh, only that. I think the point of the second bucket is we don't have to worry about the bench much at all. So we yeah. have to worry about the bench for the first piece of the risky players, but the second ones, we almost have to yeah. look at James as a Rudiger. Same thing. Yeah. But do you yeah. believe that he scores more points or not? Yeah. So I mean, bearing that in mind, go back to the original question of how many risks is too many risks. So um, in terms of the how many well let's let's put your let's put your um wildcard team up and you can take us through the players and also assess um this so we've done we've arranged this as as if you're playing this in game week eight so we've got salah captain there and we've we've got the subs there so take us through this team uh, with a special focus really on whether they cameo a lot don't cameo whether they're safe to play to start or whether you know their their place is at risk and, and if so someone might come on so yeah take sure. take us through this team so first i mean before i start uh, in terms of my uh, i've created this for the purpose of you know this mm. risk assessment you yeah. know the first feedback i get from this is oh five five defenders too big at the back too much yeah, money yeah. on the bench but that's exactly the point that's what i'm trying to show that in this draft i've got six players from the two risky teams so yeah. you've got three chelsea three city which basically everyone looks at and says, that's too risky. I'm going to show why it's not so risky based on what I had shown in the table before. I've got in defense TAA, who we know will play. 
uh, Diaz, who we have shown, will play pretty much every game. And then you have Cancelo, Chilwell, and Christensen. These are all the three guys who we deem as risky, but are, you know, the guys who rarely cameo. So I've got five defenders in there who, when you play, you trust that either they start or they don't come on. So there's a little bit of a safety here. There's no cameos here. So what that means is you've got to have a good bench. Mm. And in this setup, let's say I start all five defenders on, on every week. I've lost my fag in the back, sorry. Mm. Um, if I start the five defenders every week, or in this case, as you've shown, I've got Christensen on the first bench. Then you've got Imbuemo as the first sub, and you've got Huang as the second sub, either way. And in the midfield, you have Foden, Rafinha, and Salah. And mm. for me, because Foden is, this, is the high-risk category of will always cameo, I don't need to worry about the fact that you know, I need to have a substitute for him. Mm. So my five defenders have a cover of two subs. There's a Foden in there in the midfield who will likely cameo anyway. So you've got one very risky player. You have Antonio up top, Lukaku up top. Again, dependable guys who should play. And then a Huang, as another one who I think will cameo. So mm. this is a draft with three risky players uh, who are not likely to cameo, which is Cancelo, uh, Christensen and Chilwell, and two risky players who will cameo, Foden and Huang. And I think two bench players, which is Mbuemo and Huang, can cover that risk. And yeah. that's where I'm trying to go with it. And, and, and you know, I'll come to my own wildcard thoughts yeah. if I was going with this. I probably won't go with this, but this is what I would do no. if I was to jam as much risk as possible. No, it's good, it's good that you did that. I, I did that with my wildcard on the Scoutcast. It's, it's, it's not exactly what you're going to go with, but it just helps the discussion with this. Well, let's, let's sort of have a, have a look at the sort of stress test it. So um, Alexander-Arnold is going to start. Diaz, you would imagine he's going to start. So then Cancelo or Chilwell might not start. So you've got these two iffy ones. Now, as we've seen, um, they're, either, they're not going to cameo. So Christensen could come in. So Christensen might not come in. Um, so you're going to be very, very, very unfortunate for Chilwell, Cancelo and Christensen to all be benched. It's possible. Can happen. Yeah. But it would be very, very unfortunate. Um, for that to happen so that's a, a very small risk I would say you're going to get at least three out there meanwhile you've got uh, Mbomo uh, uh, to fill in for Huang perhaps or to fill in for one of those um, defenders and I guess out of all of them it's just Brownhill is sort of your two point man but you never know but at least he, at least he plays he starts I mean I've got uh, Sissoko mine I mean he's just a two point guy um, just in there to be cheap, but yeah, look at that. Say, 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 Foden doesn't. I think you'd have to be really unlucky for, as you said, Foden does actually come on and cameo. Hwang yeah. will come on and cameo, or he'll start. So I guess it's only really looking at Chilwell. It's only Chilwell really, and Christensen. I actually have a little bit different feeling about this team. I think, to me, this team is a bit more riskier than what you both described. I think, I think, even with compared to the table, Foden when he cameos a lot, he cameos at thirty-three percent, which is one in three. Yeah. So there is also sixty-six percent chance that he will not come on. Um, same goes with the Chilwell. Cancelo is is safe well yeah. risky safe type of type of player yeah. but um 
as as you said joe you need to be really unlucky but let's say that day comes mm. then you might end up with no chidwell no cancelo a pointer from foden um uh, at worst case scenario um and you will have to ask brown hell to uh, get a screamer on that game yeah. to to get to get his point Can't so happen. in a way you feel I- yeah but 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 still you feel like you are getting a one and a half player of the yeah. three if Christensen also misses out for Thiago Silva which can easily happen we've seen that odd odd uh, no-show to me this team is really really nice I think it's one more player risky than I where think, I would initially yeah. try and go for I think one less player and the team looks so, perfect so we're talking Chilwell um, Christensen Huang so that's just and Foden, so that's four risks. So Praz, yeah. it's four and Brownhill. Yeah. So to Praz, do you think that four or three is is three risky players the optimal to go for? I think three would be the one that I would go for. So if I was to if I was to um, tell you where I am at at this stage, if I wasn't putting this risky um, team out there, I would probably downgrade Christensen to Livermento. So yeah. you have one more solid bench mm. option. Do you use that 0.7 and you upgrade Huang to Tony? And basically, you've uh, you've made you've taken away the Christensen risk with a nailed, yeah. maybe you know not not as big of a clean sheet potential as as Christensen, but a good option in Livermento. And you've changed Huang to a Tony, and suddenly now you have a good backline with a very good Chilwell to Livermento sub whenever needed, and you have a Tony who basically you'll probably never have to uh, mm-hmm. you know need a sub yeah. for. Yeah, I mean, I'd say I've got Christensen, but I've also got Livermento. And as I've explained, that Livermento um, comes on for Christensen. And same principle there with Chilwell, um, if you can go up to, to, to that level. Um, yeah, I think that's a, a really wise move. So Christensen would be yeah. Livermento in this setup. And essentially, Foden would just be your guy who you might get 10 minutes or you might get a start. And that's, that's minimised yeah. the risk as well. Um, yeah. yeah. I don't I don't think, think, it's funny because in, in the chat you, people say oh double Chelsea defence or double I mean even going Chilwell and Christensen isn't that bad it's just um, it's just Livermento actually gives you that, that little bit more security of starts um, yeah. at the moment I think, I think this team is really strong one thing to add on this is I think it needs a bit more um, a stronger mentality to deal with um, some certain game weeks, this team can score 30 points over the average, but uh, also can barely get you to the average. So it's 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 uh, if you are strong enough mentally to deal with some bad game weeks, I think this team is is really good and and strong enough to carry you on for so for for the near future. So it's good to see Alexander Arnold there. We've had news in today to timestamp this is being uh, being streamed on Tuesday um, that it looks like. Uh, he's fit and ready to go against Watford. Great. There will be people who wildcarded last week to wildcard, uh, not to wildcard Alexander-Arnold out, but their wildcard would have included Alexander-Arnold out um, to spread that funds around. Or um, As someone in previous season who has removed Alexander-Arnold, I would never, ever advise doing that. He's expensive. He's almost impossible to get back in without hits. He's just not the move you want to do. So, for example, I booked in 
Ronaldo to Lukaku, that's fine. I've got a million in the bank. I don't have to worry about price rises or anything. I don't have to commit any surgery for that. Many people will be in that position. But you try getting Alexander-Arnold in. I mean, it's just impossible until... And and you don't really want to make a move for a defender as well. So um, there will be people who are making that decision. Um, just so we can rest, put this to bed. To, should people just get Alexander-Arnold in if they can? And if they can't, should they just give up? <laughs> I mean, you could make a, make a case for if they've sold him uh, pre-international break, mm. don't have a wild card. If you have to do major surgery, just wait it out for another three games, uh, maybe. Wait yeah. for the United game um, and just pray in the Watford game. Mm. I mean, there are... I mean, let's play devil's advocate. Uh, in other seasons, there were no other standout, stellar defensive options. Now you have City who barely mm. concede a big chance a game. Uh, you have Chelsea. So I am never going to advocate not going Alexander Arnold. I think he's... Uh, the game is complicated enough that mm. you have some glue guys and you stick to the glue guys. Yeah. But if there are others who are stuck in a boat where you have to, you know, go for a minus 12 to get him back, just then hold off. Yeah, definitely. Um, I'll just say, Kay, he's in your team, Karim, isn't he? Alexander-Arnold? Uh, Trent. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I yeah, kept few, him um, few. I on the bench. One of those moments where you think you've made a made a sort of social blunder where you just uh, <laughs> basically, um, luckily, few, I haven't. Um, let's move on, have a look at the next four fixtures just to see um, how this sort of um, wildcard setup would survive. So we can see why there's a focus on Chelsea. Chelsea are top. They got Brentford, uh, Norwich, Newcastle, Burnley. I'm looking at that. And it's game week nine, really. Well, I'm looking at Chelsea's good, really good run. I think Norwich at home and then Newcastle and Burnley is fantastic. So I want Lukaku for that or Werner or whoever, but I definitely want more Chelsea. Um, Southampton, I've got double Chelsea, double Southampton rather at the moment. Um, with Livermento and Armstrong uh, ready for Leeds, Burnley, Watford and Villa. Then Leeds themselves. Now, Rafina uh, would be my top choice to bring in, but I don't think he's going to be back because he plays about a minute for Brazil, about a minute before he's due to come on for uh, Leeds. But Leeds have Southampton, Wolves, Norwich and Leicester. Um, Arsenal, great fixtures, Crystal Palace, uh, Villa, then Leicester and Watford. So Arsenal, this is why Saka is realistically top of my list. Hope he's safe tonight when he plays for England. Um, Everton, still still good fixtures. They've got West Ham and they've got Watford, Wolves and T- Tottenham. Now an easy fixture. Uh, and Brentford, yeah, they got Chelsea, but gets better with Leicester. Uh, and then game week 10, it really gets better. They've got Burnley and Norwich and it's a really fine run that starts there. Wolves, they're amazingly long run of good fixtures. This is why Huang is in people's thoughts. Jimenez as well. We haven't mentioned him yet. Um, also another strong option. Um, uh, Villa, Leeds, Everton and Crystal Palace. But looking a bit further down, well, just sorry, Man City, we can see there they've got Burnley, Brighton and Crystal Palace. They perform Manchester United. But further down, we can see where Manchester United's fixtures stiffen. So do just West Ham's. Uh, Burnley's a bit mixed. Watford's get, get pretty bad as well. Um, uh, Tottenham, great Newcastle. Then it just it's just really bad fixtures. Uh, Newcastle actually quite you know too bad. Tottenham, Crystal Palace. Then Chelsea's bad and Brighton. So a bit you know half good, half bad. Um, and Liverpool. I don't know. I don't know if Liverpool whether it matters where Liverpool are on this. But anyway, they got Watford, Manchester United, um, Brighton, and West Ham. Out of all of those, obviously Brighton is the only tough one. 
and I, and I mean that genuinely, I'm not just joking as a Brighton fan, that genuinely is a game now where Liverpool may not score a hatful. Um, but looking at this, any just general thoughts about the you know, next four um, you know, fixtures coming up in terms of um, players to target? Yeah, I mean, Chelsea at top of the table, that uh, that brings broad feeling, of course. Uh, uh, in my case, I think I have one, two, three, four, five of my of my team uh, dominates the four, the top four for the official list. So that's a good sign that I'm I'm sort of set up really nicely. Um, at Chelsea at the moment, I do have two players, Rodiger and Lukaku, after seeing Ronaldo. So maybe I'll try and get a third one. Because the fixtures are too good, mm. I think I think they can keep up to four clean sheets next four. So a good a double a double defense is is uh, a good play, uh, I think. Yeah. Southampton, I'm I'm happy to either start Livramento or keep him first sub for these game weeks. Mm. He can always come on. He is, I think, for the next three, he's a perfect guy for your Man City mid. If he gets a no cameo, we spoke about a really cameo guy, like someone who, like a Torres. To me, I feel like Torres Livramento gives you something like uh, Burnley, Burnley, and Watford, perhaps yeah. if if he doesn't play. So that's that's really decent. Um, with Leeds United, I, I wonder about the Southampton game because Rafinha might make it, might not. Um, but generally speaking, the the run looks pretty pretty good. Man United is, is bottom of the list, um, yeah. which aligns with my mood because I got rid of Lukshaw. A couple of game weeks ago, and Ronaldo last game week, mm. I generally think that they will pull some results, and mm. some points will be will be, yeah, scored by by their assets, especially Ronaldo. But I don't think he will outscore Lukaku next four. So in a way, I feel like I'm okay. I think I will survive yeah. the the next four. Mm. Um, Liverpool looks a bit mid table, um, but it's Liverpool. They are. That's good this season. That's what I mean. Does it really matter where they are on here? No, um, exactly, exactly. Yeah. yeah. Um, Praz, as a, a Manchester United fan, there, I look at those fixtures there, and I think if I had Shaw, I'd probably keep him because historically Manchester United shut up shop against these types of teams. Um, Absolutely, and uh, you know, he, he you've got a nailed player. We'll we'll, we'll play Fred and McTominay in the middle. Mm. Uh, try to work off the counter. We're definitely more solid, but I think the caveat is Varane uh, yeah. of the friendly is is injured for a few weeks, yeah. and Maguire isn't fit either. So it's a tough one. Um, if you have, if you can, I think I would. I hey. now I'm at a place where we could, but United will be tight in I, these games. I, I think what you just said there is more reason to not get sure rather than what we're looking at here with the fixtures. Correct. I don't think these, I think these fixtures are good for their defence. It's just the fact they haven't got any defenders left because they're all injured. Um, so, but, but nevertheless, yeah, I think, I think Karen's right as well. There could be, there could be some results there um, because, you know, there's played, I mean, Ronaldo has had his rest. I think there was something, someone was saying that for Juventus, he, he didn't play three games Within a week, so there's weekend, midweek, weekend. Three ninety minutes. Yeah. yeah, he didn't do three ninety minutes, so he was about to, and so he didn't. He and so it sounded like it was a sort of a pre-arranged rest of sort of I'll do, I'll play half half the game or thirty minutes. Right. Um, there's a feeling that it was Ronaldo's decision rather than Solskjaer's. I mean, there's also Cavani's ego to manage, right? I mean, mm. he was he's got a new contract in the summer. He yeah. gave up his shirt, um, so shirt number. <laughs> 
you, he will he will have to play at some point. But mm. yes, we know that Ronaldo will play the majority. But by the way, who, who knows if Lukaku doesn't miss out? I mean, I don't mm. want to create rumors here, but nobody. I mean, Thomas Tuchel has. You yeah. never know. I mean, yeah. you know, between Champions League games, can you rule out him playing ninety minutes every game? Uh, you know, can see, see scenes when he benches them against Norwich in game with nine. That would be that would be. <laughs> I mean, every week's peak FPL, but peak FPL yeah. is Lukaku benched and somehow Salah is as well. So everyone's vice captain. Mm. And 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 Werner Hattrick and all what we talked about is yeah, in, yeah, in, and, in, in the and, air. And then I'll just forget all the things I've done and I'll just say, hey, remember when I said get Werner in? Yeah, you know, we told you. We told you. The game that, uh, that Klopp always says, basically the, man, the game managers yeah. hate, is playing on a Wednesday, which Chelsea do before Norwich. And the game is on a Saturday lunchtime. So yeah. it's actually the right recipe without spreading further rumours or <laughs> speculation. But yeah, oh, it's, it's not ideal. Yeah. Oh, no. let's, let's quickly pick some differentials. Um, Karim, I pretty much know your one. Um, who is it? Who's the, who's the best differential this week? Surprise, surprise. Yeah, I'm going to go with Riyad Mahrez. Of course. Um, just because I think he will start the next one. Probably the next one. I don't know. I, I, I think at, at this price is is hard to get him in and that's why it makes him really nice differential at 8.7 2.4% ownership mm. he loves he loves Burnley so I don't mind if he scores 20 points against Burnley and Livramento comes on the next two mm. um, for me it's it, it's I just think, fine I think well, it's so. the ultimate the ultimate maverick move is to get Mares yeah. in and captain him yeah. we're doing rough with the smooth next yeah. week he's been back again Let's hear. Let's hear those Maras. Uh, how how you got your thirty four points, and yeah. Salah blanked for, and another five hundred likes for, yeah. for Mahrez minus and, eight and, or something. And, and, and shot up into the top ten. That's what that's what we want to hear next week. Uh, yeah, either rough or the smooth one. Yeah, yeah, it's going to be rough with the smooth. I've just done the positive bit. Yeah, it could be a horror show. Um, Praz, who is your differential under five percent owned next four game weeks? So I'm going with Ollie Watkins. I mean, he, it's not some, he's not somebody we talked about too much, but in the forwards discussion, I mean, I was very surprised to see with their fixtures. Mm. They played Chelsea, Everton, United, Spurs. He's still third for yeah. shots in the box, third for big chances, just behind Ronaldo and Vardy. He's doing well. I mean, he's the furthest forward for Villa. Villa's looking good since they've moved to a back five. Uh, he's got an XGI of almost two, which is more than Jimenez. Grealish, it's on par with Rafinha. So he's he's doing well. I mean, he's not the top of the fixture ticker, but I don't think Villa are a side that you know. They, even with mid teams, they do fine, and I expect him to do well. So, yeah. I mean, as, as you've been talking, I put the goals imminent table back on there. There he is in fourth place. There, eleven goal attempts, nine inside the box, five on target. Uh, expected goal uh, non penalty of one point seven eight. These are good stats. Um, and they've got good fixtures. Yeah, I think he's good. I've got uh, on my on my wildcard. You know, one of those overthinking versions. Yeah, uh, downgraded Foden to Torres, so I've taken the million, and I've upgraded t- um, Tony to Watkins. Wow, so there that's... is a version mm. with that. Sounds good. Uh, but we shall see. So I have. Uh, I'm going to pick Adam Armstrong. I'm going to stick with him. I've got him in my team. Um, and, and I'm I'm looking at fixtures as well as form. He's he's due a goal according to my goals imminent table. It's just below Watkins there. Eleven goal attempts, six inside the box, four on target. The expected goal metrics don't like him at the moment. But um, uh, oh dear, how sad. 
Um, I'm more of an analog guy, so this new fangled digital XG can do one. Um, but I think Armstrong is a good bet. But it's but it's also um, not only is he figuring highly on this table here. Um, he passes the eye test, I think. Um, and just going back to those fixtures, I got him for this fixture run really: Leeds, Burnley, Watford, Villa. Um, I'll probably give him two to three games really. So if he's if he hasn't scored against Leeds and Burnley, I'm gonna get itchy fingers if it doesn't score against Watford it's time to go and guess what I'm going to be looking at Ivan Tony there because there's only uh, 0.5 million difference so I'll make sure I've got some money there um, and try and find Brentford on this list there we go they've got Crystal Palace no they've got Norwich <laughs> oh that's handy so to be honest I'm probably going to do that move anyway <laughs> Armstrong to Tony um, against Norwich I think fixture wise that's quite good so I'm saying next four but it's actually next three I think Armstrong is a great bet and he's a great placeholder for Tony because I actually don't think Brentford's fixtures are that great until they face uh, Burnley and Norwich. It's, and it's that Norwich game really I'm looking at. Um, we've got uh, Alex's community team. For those um, new to the show, um, he's a community member. He's a top 100 finisher. Um, he's taken a break from the game. And so we've the Scoutcast has taken over his team. So it's the Scoutcast team. Um, I wildcarded this week. I say I because everyone else on the Scoutcast was having babies. Um, so they uh, couldn't help me that much. Um, I, I did run it past them and I did get some, some approval. I did ignore some things. And um, so I went for, and this, this is the team I've got here. It only got me 41 points last week, but um, that was, you know, a lot of those players weren't playing or didn't do well, like Cancelo, Alexander-Arnold, who I expect to do well going forward. This is a sort of... A borderline set and forget team. It, it's just a low management team. I, I like the team. We've got some. We've got some risks here. We've got some nailed on players, and we've got a lot of uh, high uh, high ceiling players as well. So the team we're going to go into, I think, um, into game week eight uh, has got Ramsdale in goal against Crystal Palace. Alexander Arnold, Cancelo, and Rudiger. Rudiger is the the safest. Uh, or safer of the Chelsea defenders. Um, you've got Salah as captain. I'm not going to make the mistake of not captaining him. Uh, I've got Rafina, who probably won't play, uh, in which case um, uh, Christensen will come in for him. If not, if not, because we've spoken about Christensen before, Livermento will come in for him. And I may even swap them around, but I think, yeah, basically there are options there to come in there. Saka is nailed on, doing well. Uh, against Crystal Palace there. Uh, Tony, I've got up front, ready for the good run that's in the future. Um, Antonio, no reason to ditch. Lukaku, the best premium potential at the moment. Um, and the risky one there is Zaha. Now, I've taken the leaf out of Tom Freeman's book. He, now deputy editor of Fantasy Football Scout, but back when he was on the Meet the Manager video, one of the um, things, tips he gave, which has resonated with a lot of people, is take a risk with your fourth midfielder. Have a, full, have a fourth midfielder and just, you know, it could be anyone. And, and I think it, back then it was someone like Theo Walcott when he was out of form. or um, And it's just one of those players that is not in a lot of the template, not in the Twitter template. Might be in other people's teams in your mini league, but it's just not a player you're thinking of. And I think Zaha is one of those on penalties, um Mixed fixtures, but okay. And I think I think I could get some differential points out of Zaha for Alex's team there. Anyway, that's the hope. If not, well, he's 6.9. He can go down to 
pretty much anyone <laughs> who is below that price, obviously. But there's a lot of options um, below that price. Uh, Bomo, for example, and double up on Brentford is a quite a good option there. So, um, yeah, looking at that team, do either of you have any thoughts about uh, um, transfers? I, I mean, I was, I was thinking of just saving it this week, just seeing where it goes. Yeah, save it. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I would say same. Um, when did you get Zaha? How how many weeks he's in already? Oh, he's only he's only been in a week or so. I, I wildcarded last week. Got uh-huh. him in for that. So I got him in for as a sort oh, okay. as a sort of um, you know as 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 I said, is that sort of fourth midfield risk? And if it doesn't work out, we mm. can move him on. But he he yeah. just he's just I'm not seeing him in any teams. And like when you got Vardy in, I kind of like to have one player like that. Mm. No, I would say same. Yeah. I like to have a city mid for sure for the next few game weeks, but you already just made um, the move with Saha, so it's worth have giving him a go. Yeah, so, I think so. I think all so. Good. Um, yeah. Um, yeah, I'm just going to leave it there. So, um, so we've already seen. Um, I'll just go back to your team, Praz, your wild card team. Really, uh, this is this is the the sort of differential one for the discussion. But out of out of this, who who's who's nailed and who's likely to make way? I think everyone here is nailed, apart from, as I mentioned, Christensen to Livramento mm-hmm. and Wang to Tony. Uh, okay. I mean, that's that's basically my team for now. I'm very um, keen to hear about DCL's fitness, Bamford's mm. fitness, Rafinha's ability to make it um, for the game week. But other than that, I think this is where we're at. Okay, let's have a look at your team, Karen. Um, do you want to take us through who you've got and who you're captaining and why? And, and particularly, why aren't you captaining Salah? Um, yeah, I mean, for the benefit of the podcast, I've got Meslier in goal, uh, Trent Alexander-Arnold, Rudiger and White, back to three, Gray, Salah, vice-captain, uh, Rafinha, Saar, Antonio, Lukaku, at the moment, captain, um, and Vardy. Uh, so Lukaku came in this week for Ronaldo, and uh, I must admit, I didn't think too much yet about the captaincy. I um, was... Past him, I put it on Lukaku. Mm-hmm. As things progress during the week, if I feel that Lukaku is still a major or a minor doubt, I, I will just go for Salah. I think, I think I might switch anyway to Salah, given the mm-hmm. info we've got about what for second the coach getting a new, um, a new one. Ranieri came back to the Premier League. I, I just don't see that Watford can get much from this game, even without Allison. Which makes me think that I might make another move for Saar, take him in out for a hit for Torres. Um, Lukaku, Ronaldo to Lukaku gave me 0.9 million in the bank. And this is exactly where I can do Saar to Torres, for example. So this is still up in the air. Uh, well, what I'm trying to do in general is to set up my back line. I think I feel I'm one or two transfers behind where I want to be. I don't have Diaz or Cancelo. Um, but then from game week 9 and 10, I want to focus on targeting uh, Norwich mm. because I um, I think that I've got 90 points from Norwich this season only by targeting them, including wow. captaincy against them. And that's about 20% of my total points this season, which is incredible so far. Wow. So there might be a way that I keep targeting them. And for the next few, you've got Lukaku, you've got Tony. You've got um, 
some really nice captains uh, or options against them um, for the next few. Um, yeah, Neil Mopay, Trossard, Neil Brighton. Yeah, Brighton I, I think I, I think I think I'm a bit late to the Mopay party. Um, <laughs> I thought you were a party. <laughs> Um, yeah. <laughs> yeah, but to make these uh, quick quick moves, yeah. I think I need to settle my back line. Well, well, you've I'm got... trying to do that. So yeah, looking yeah. at Norwich's fixtures next four, obviously they were Brighton next, then Chelsea. Um, so you got yeah. Lukaku in place for that. Um, then yeah. you got Leeds, so you got Rafinha in place for that, and then yeah, you got Brentford. Exactly. So presumably Tony or, or Mbomo, or Mbomo, maybe both. Yeah, yeah. So okay. I've got cover for the next few. Um, hopefully, it keeps working out. Uh, but yeah, generally speaking, I think Salah will be my captain. Yeah, okay. um, ahead is on the horizon. So okay, uh, here's my team. Um, so I have uh, got Salah captain. Uh, I've got Raya in goal. So he's my sort of differential uh, there. Um, playing Chelsea. So this is a bad fixture. Good fixtures coming up though. Uh, Christensen, if he doesn't play. Livermento's already in waiting as he always is. Uh, Cancelo, uh, if he's not if he's not going to play. Cody, I've got coming in. Um, so Wolves, I'm, I'm down to one Wolves and he's on the bench. And I'm quite happy. And I've missed out on a Cody clean sheet recently because I've left him on the bench. So he's a, he's a kind of bench player. I'm quite happy if he comes on. Alexander-Arnold, um, Salah has mentioned. Jota, he's the one that may wait, make way if it looks like he's definitely out. Uh, Greenwood, I'm very happy to play against Leicester. And then I'll be looking to move him on in a week or two. Saar, I'm quite happy with. Uh, Liverpool without their main keeper. I'm not going to suggest Watford are going to beat Liverpool. But I am suggesting that they are they may concede. Um, and Sars the man to do it. He's got form. Um, Antonio, no reason to get rid. Ronaldo against Leicester, great option, I think. And Armstrong, another differential there. So it's Raya and Armstrong are my sort of star players on live FPL. My differentials. I've got Livermento, Cody and Sissoko um, ready to come on. And it's Livermento and Cody, I might get some points. Um, moves Jota to... Saka, I think. Next week, Ronaldo to Lukaku. And I may take a hit to remove Greenwood for Rafina. Just in time, just looking at the fixtures, just in time for um, the following week when he faces uh, Norwich following Karam's tactic there. So I've got sort of three transfers in mind over the next two to three game weeks. Um, but as I said, they're sort of in mind. Um and uh, yeah, take it from there. But I'm I'm pleased I've got Cancelo in, um, even though he might not play and he might not get me any points. But I just feel he's one of those players I think I need to get now because uh, not just because I mean I think for very good reason wildcarders are getting him in. So Praz, he's he's nailed in on your wildcard, I presume. Absolutely, absolutely. Yeah. Um, so let's not dwell on my team too much. Um, thank you, Praz. Thank you, Karam, for joining me. Um, and thanks to all of those that have stuck with us. Um, it's been a massively long scout cast. I didn't even realise that it's been nearly two hours. And we don't usually go on that long, but we, yeah. I guess we've got a lot to talk about, especially with the international break um, finishing. But in the meantime, it's a goodbye from me. It's a goodbye from me. And a goodbye from me. Goodbye, all. <laughs>